Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 61 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics for you, the listeners. Retro Rebel is released every Thursday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and with me is my fellow Rebel co-host, Amanda. Hello. Oh, very, very subdued. Wow, you know, it's been one of those days. It is midweek mid- recording. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> those are always the best. Um, yeah. Well, blame it on the day job. Um, and my day job currently is dad. So, Aww. yeah. It doesn't have set hours, uh, and it gets <laughs> no pay. Uh, so. I don't know why you signed up for this sucker's deal me, anyway. It's one of those things where it's like you got drafted. That's a, That's the best way I can... Uh, analogize which is a word i made up just now um that i didn't sign up per se uh not for this added uh this this added bonus child so yes ah bonus that's all right i like to look at it that way yes absolutely so what have you been up to uh i have been playing far cry 5 Yes. Okay. So yeah, I'm anxious to hear your your take on this. Are you? I am. Because I, I I kind of gave mine, and so I'm interested to see what yours was. Why don't you just recap for the audience what, what you mine thought was? of Far Cry Five? Yeah. I thought Far Cry Five um, had an interesting premise. It's why I purchased it. Uh, I thought it was the first one that I kind that kind of grabbed my attention. Uh, the other ones didn't, just for lack of I have no reason necessarily, but this one because of the topic, it, it grabbed my attention. And then I played it and immediately was disillusioned because how large it is and how difficult it was to kill the first second group of people. So once I didn't liberate that camp, I basically said f this and I'm out. Yeah, I feel like I very much had the same experience. <laughs> uh, I logged into the game. Yeah. And I was like, ah, yes, Far Cry. We've been here before. Yes, I've played many a Far Cry game. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've enjoyed Far Cry Primal. I really enjoyed Far Cry Blood Dragon. Beat yeah, the you shit told out me of that. that. You, you have, uh, yeah, you recommended that many times. Yeah. And then. I loaded up Far Cry and it was like escape from these crazy people, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, yep, I'm on this. And then there was like some other dude and I was like waiting for him in the car. He was shot in the middle of the map. I had to like run and get him. I died. However, I died right as it decided I had made it through some sort of checkpoint. So then it loaded the next mission. I was like, oh, brilliant. Nice. Perfect. Well timed. Death. I liberated the whole first island. Okay. No problem. Found all the secrets, whatever, you know. I put the difficulty right on easy about halfway through when I realized the NPC was going to die constantly. And I was right. like, oh, we can't be with that. Because that was just a pain. 
Right. Um, so uh, uneasy. And then I was like, okay, well, I have my choice of directions to go. I'm going to start with the recruiter guy because I figure if he's not recruiting, right. life's going to be easier for me. Yeah. That was my thought. Seems legit. So, you know, I learned how to fly a helicopter. It was brilliant. Very good at helicopters, as it turns out. <laughs> learned how to fly a plane. It sucked. Oh, okay. really bad at planes. Yes. Then received a plane based mission oh. that required a thousand in game credits to reload the weapon. Now, oh. I suck at aiming. Full right. stop. I suck even more at aiming from the sky. <laughs> so I was like, well, this mission is not passable for me. Uh, I think. We're at an impasse. Let me just see if I can go to the place where I think the bad guy of this whole situation is going to be, the church in this area. I'll right. just go straight there, bum the bad guy in the face. We'll move this little story along. That's you right. Know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no. No, 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 no. Until you do a suitable number of side story missions side missions first right which are side missions get to the main guy wow. and it was at that point that i rage quit the game also experienced several irritating bugs the most annoying of which would be occasionally when you load the game it decides to start up with zero sound whatsoever no dialogue no music no sound effects just mute I literally restarted the Xbox, did all sorts, took the disc out, put the disc back in, whatever. <laughs> the only thing that fixed that problem was a complete, like, power, like, unplugging the brick so it had no power memory whatsoever. Yeah. That's the only thing that fixed it. Did and you have to call someone to tell you to do any of that? No, I had to Google it, though. Oh, okay. Because I was like, right. Like, I've, I've restarted it. I Have restarted you turned the, the power off and on. Yeah, well, I had. I mean, I restarted the Xbox. Right, right. Like sometimes things won't work unless you like undo like the power brick from the wall. Yeah. Uh, the, it's it has like short term memory. The Xbox console does, which is fine. But that's super annoying for a lot of reasons. One of it is because to find the game tile, it's not always like recognizing it it's not always in the bottom deck right you know what i mean yeah have you ever tried to actually find the play disc game tile no it's and, yeah that's and i think it's once xbox switched to try to be a smart tv it changed mm -hmm. it changed you know the gaming portion of it is so much more convoluted and so much more difficult to navigate than finding their shop or anything. Yeah. Else. Even finding my games and apps, because I hadn't turned on my Xbox One in, in a while, because my son's kind of commandeered it for Fortnite. So I haven't turned it <laughs> on in a while, and then trying to find the games and apps tile again, or just a little, uh, a little icon, is, it's just not intuitive. And so when I finally found it, um, you know, I was able to get, because I wanted to, that was one of the games I was, I'll tell you about in a minute, that one of the games I was playing, I was trying to play it on the Xbox. But yeah, I agree completely. And when they switched it over and integrated with Windows 10 and everything, it, it made it worse. Objectively yeah. worse. 
Well, I, so that's a lot of, that's one of the main reasons why I don't like to unplug it at the brick because then you lose the tile a lot of the time and it's a pain in the butt to try to get it again. Like a lot of times you can't and then you just have to find the game in the store and then it'll say try to purchase the game, but then it'll recognize it's already installed most of the time and then you can play it from the disc. I mean, this is not how you should like have to find it. But anyway, I got to that point, realized that I was going to have to do that, um, that mission in the air. Didn't have enough money to do it. Calculated on average how much extra missions I thought it was going to take to get enough money to have enough ammunition to pass that and, and then uninstall the game. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Uh, it didn't take me that long, but also I didn't switch it to easy after the first, I mean, I literally, I ambushed two people that were just on a path, um, and took them out. And, and this is one of the very, very first things that you do once you, you know, leave the little compound, uh, starting the game up and you're on your first island. And then I, then I just, and you know, then you can go in any, any direction and I found a group. Uh, and it was probably four or five guys near body of water. Uh, there was a tower. It was obvious that I could blow them up somehow. Uh, but you Oh, the to... silo. You found a silo. Yeah. And so there, it, it was obvious. I feel like I could blow them up because there was something that, that was flammable or explosive that was right there. Get it. I think I'd have killed them all, but I couldn't sure. get close enough to get a good shot on it without alerting all of them. And by alerting all of them, there is no cover, and so you die immediately. Yeah. You know, and so and sneaking up on them isn't possible either because they're facing different directions. So I just basically said "eff it." So I uh, threw four grenades at them. I they don't died know. In, in, do you have any? Do you have it? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Do you? Do yeah, you have... it wasn't the first thing that I did. Okay. That was like one of the last things I did, so I think I was like lucky. But like Molotov cocktails or grenades, but yeah, I threw like I don't think I had any. Do you have any starting out? Yeah. Uh, I think if you looted the guy's keys and then went into the separate room, I think you did get it. Like in the starting bunker. Okay, I don't know if I. Okay, see, I didn't steal from him. That was why. (laughs) I mean, I did. Well, get good in it. That's right. well, what do you uh, expect, you know? And also when you find the, like, sunken treasure in the first island, which is also one of the first things that you can do, yeah. there's, like, money and a compound bow. And the bow is brilliant because it it's doesn't... Silent. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't alert anybody. See, and that's, and funny, that's you know, what I tried to do the whole game with. That's probably a topic we could do in the future is just game tropes. Game tropes that we love and... <laughs> and or game tropes, obvious game tropes and game tropes we love because... When you said bow, I immediately knew that that is your silent weapon. That is your weapon that you can basically, that's stealth mode for you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but it's obvious that that's the case, you know. But only obvious if you've played enough games to know that that particular, uh, you know, that that is a trope or that is a particular uh, weapon that, you know, they can, you know, create a particular mechanic. Anyway, I thought that was, I just had a revelation. Um, doesn't happen I mean... often here. Doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is that it? Is that all the games you've been playing? Yeah, like? what, that's all. That I've just started uh, State of Decay 2 installing, so we'll we'll have an update on that next time. Very nice. Okay. Uh, well, I I uh, played. A, I've tried to play a few things actually. Uh, I was successful with at least two. Um, 
I'm starting off just, uh, I've, I've been playing, uh, Battle for Azeroth, uh, the, the next expansion for WoW has a World of Warcraft. They just released the pre-patch, uh, so they're basically counting down to the, the big expansion. Um, which is, I mean, it's, it's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. It's a, I read the book leading up to it. I think I said that in another podcast or another, epi- another episode, but, a lot of changes have happened. So you were kind of overpowered the last couple weeks in game. You, you were, I think I mentioned before also, you're wielding the iconic weapon for your class. So if you're a shaman like I am, then I'm wielding the doom hammer. Uh, and so yeah. I've got thralls hammer and, uh, but with all the, all the things that happened leading up to after Legion, your, your artifact weapon was imbued with all this power, so you were overpowered. And it was a lot of fun, actually, to go around, and you I was able to complete quests a lot smash faster. Smash everything. Oh, you could smash everything. Yeah, it was awesome. You're, like, destroying elite character, you know, elite mobs and stuff like that, and you can. And it makes you feel really powerful. Well, they squashed all that. And so now, at this point, it's advancing the story, and so your artifact no longer has any of those things. It's almost like your artifact is, that it was imbued with all this stuff, now is dormant. So it's, it has none of those powers. They squashed all the stats. So before when I was critting for like, uh, you know, one and a half million, now it's a thousand, you know. Uh, and so they've squashed all the stats though. So they, they lowered your, your hit points, the hit points of all the mobs. Um, and they, and I think every week leading up to the August 14th release of, of Battle for Azeroth, uh, they're going to have quests that are starting the story and kind of building up to what's exactly going to trigger this battle on Azeroth. So that's, I've been looking forward to that. It came out on Tuesday, so earlier this week. Um, they had an incredible amount of difficulty getting people logged on. Once this patch went through, basically it made it to where it wasn't recognizing people's characters. So Tuesday, right after maintenance, I couldn't play at all. So I played a little bit last night. Um, just to kind of see what's going on and, and what the changes were. And um, so I'm looking forward to getting back into it, but that's, I've been playing that a little bit. Uh, I've jumped back into when I finally got a chance to get on my Xbox, the uh, Telltale Batman uh, game, the, the second iteration or the, the sequel. Um, and, uh, you know, at this point, you know, you're undercover, with all, you know, with all these villains, uh, you're, you're undercover with Bane, um, Harley Quinn. The Joker isn't exactly the Joker yet. Um, although he looks like the Joker. He just doesn't have the Joker name. He, he hasn't figured out who he's going to be as a character. And that's one of the interesting things about this Telltale game is your actions dictate what kind of character the Joker becomes. If he becomes really I mean, he's crazy. There's no doubt about it. He hears voices and tells you about it all the time. But he he doesn't. He really finds Bruce Wayne to be a friend because Bruce was committed to an asylum at some point in the first game, and that's where he met the Joker. But the Joker's name is John Doe. He doesn't have like a name. Uh, he just and he knows a, a lot. And and you you never really get, or at least at this point, I never really get into his psyche like. What he knows, what's his background, how does he, you know, how's he integrated with all these people? I'm, I'm sorry, you've just glazed over the fact that 
Batman was committed to an asylum yeah, in okay, the first so, game. Yeah, in the first game. Well, yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry for a game that's a couple years old. Um, yeah, but look, I'm never going to play it, but I want to know like, yeah, what yeah, prompted yeah. Bruce Wayne he was, being in uh, an asylum. He was framed. He was framed uh, for being crazy. And and if are you never going to play it, you said? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going to Well, I want it. to I kind of want to tell you this part too cuz this is this is what makes these these particular Batman games so compelling. And spoiler alert, skip ahead a few minutes if you haven't played those games and you want to play them cuz I'm about to just destroy the plot. Um the the main plot on the first game is about um Harvey Dent. And Harvey Dent is your buddy, he's like your best friend and Catwoman is involved in this as well. And uh so you're in love with Catwoman Catwoman's in love with Harvey. No, Catwoman is playing Harvey Dent. But the whole, this big revelation that your parents, Batman's parents, were actually a part of the crime families in Gotham. They ran it all through Wayne Enterprises, though. So they were like the launderers and one of the major gang players in Gotham City. Well, this comes out where all the, all the big time, like, uh, Falcone. Falcone knew your dad and knew your dad as a gangster and releases all this information. And this is a revelation in like the first chapter and you're like, oh shit. Batman's parents, Bruce Wayne's parents were actually criminals. And so uh, with all the things that happened with Harvey Dent, he becomes <laughs> Two-Face and everything. Um, Catwoman, you know, spurns you uh, as a lover and she runs off because that's just her character. And it kind of ends with Batman having to put the pieces of his life back together. Because at some point during all of that, with your family, you know, nobody wants to trust you anymore because this this revelation came out that your parents, that Bruce Wayne's parents were uh, criminals. Uh, and then eventually he is committed in that game to an asylum. Um, and you have to more or less escape. Uh, and once you escape, because you were framed for being crazy, you clear your name. But you have to use Catwoman to clear right. your name. So once you clear your name and you get all that done, then you use this connection that your parents were criminals to work with Amanda Waller, you know, the character from Suicide Squad. I don't know if you saw that movie. Oh, um, yeah, but the, she, yeah. The one she, who organized the squad. Right. Yeah. And in the comic books, that's what her job was, too. And so she basically organizes all these villains and uses bad people to because they're expendable. Uh, uses them to accomplish goals for the government. And so she, she knows who Bruce Wayne is. Um, she pits Bruce Wayne against Commissioner Gordon. You have to, it's all this stuff where you have to kind of play both sides, but you don't want to lose Gordon's favor. But right. you also have to use Amanda Waller to get into, uh, because the, the Riddler is like in the very first chapter, you end up knocking out and knocking over. Really, he gets killed. The Riddler gets killed. But the Riddler was an, this anarchist that used to work for the government. And he, um, he's got all this technology and was looking to just basically take revenge on the government and all the people really because of some of these experiments that were being done. And Harley Quinn is just truly an anarchist and wants to, I mean, she's, she doesn't have any really good motivation that I can think of. Uh, nothing that they've revealed yet. And the Joker just really loves Harley Quinn. Uh, and so she, he'll do anything she wants. Um, uh, Bane is in it. Um, 
Mr. Freeze or Dr. Freeze is in it. Bane. Bane. Yeah. And Bane is really good because Bane is, uh. Bane's got, you know, this Spanish Portuguese accent. Um, and, uh, and he's really smart and he's also a big brute, you know, and so he's much like he was in the comic books where he can, he can't quite match wits with, with, uh, Batman, but he's pretty sharp. So he doesn't, he's not played as a big dumb idiot. Um, Harley I was Quinn. molded by it. <laughs> See, I so. liked, I liked that movie. That's maybe that's just me. So good. Yeah. So good. I was born in it. <laughs> you merely adopted the doc. Um, I know, it's so good. Yeah. Just the, the voice acting alone. You I know. know, I could just listen to him, <laughs> and then that, that part of it was off, awesome. And then when he just beats the mask off of Batman, that was fantastic. Anyway, um, so all that to say, that's that's where I've gotten to. And, and I'm at this part where I actually threw Catwoman under the bus uh, to keep my cover. I didn't mean to. It's like... You, you, you don't have much time to make some decisions in there, and I ended up throwing her under the bus. I mean, I feel like I made the wrong choice. Had I had it to go back, which for, fortunately in games you can, I'd totally go back, and I would, I would take the blame for it. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I, I jumped back in it. I finished the third chapter in that game. Uh, there's two or three more chapters. I'm not sure. I just started the next one, uh, where you're infiltrating the Riddler's old base and you're trying to steal this virus. Uh, and, uh, so anyway, I, I, I felt like the weakest chapter so far was the one I just completed, but I also just completed that one and I started it three months ago. So, uh, might have lost a little bit in translation, took, you know, took a little too much time between, uh, sessions. And so I probably lost a little bit of the story. Um, and, and which is not good when they ask you a question that references something you did earlier. Makes it really hard to answer questions. So, uh, I'm, I'm gonna try to finish that one. Anyway, it's, it shouldn't be much more gameplay. Probably another four hours or so. But for me, that's an eternity. So. Yeah, we'll see you in two months. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Update before the end of the year. Um, yeah. And then the last one and the one, a game that we're gonna talk about a little bit later, uh, is, Octopath Traveler, which is a, a Square Enix throwback RPG to the days of, you know, Final Fantasy VI um, or three in the States. Um, it's not quite exact. It's not exactly like that. I played the demo on the Switch and I and I enjoyed it, but I was like, I, I don't I don't want to spoil too much of it. So I don't like playing games twice uh, in terms of like having to play it. It stops me and then I have to do all of that over again for no reason. Other than now I can finish the game. So if it were to transfer over all of my, my progress, that would be fine. But the fact that it doesn't do that and I'd have to start from scratch, I didn't really want to do that. But I enjoyed what I played. Well, it was released, uh, in the last week. And so I bought it and downloaded it and I'm looking forward to playing it. I played the demo and I really liked it. And the premise is you have eight characters. All eight characters, you, you kind of, you collect them through their story. Each of them has has a different path uh, to where they meet up, and you play each one of them. And, and the first character I played was a character that was out for revenge. Basically, um, oh man, I, now I forget exactly uh, what she was. I mean, I know she was out for revenge, like her family was killed or something like that. Like so, right. her family was killed, and she's out for revenge. 
And so basically she has to sell herself into what is essentially a brothel. And she, because she knows that this person frequents the brothel or one of the three people that, that, you know, she wants revenge on, uh, frequents this brothel. And so it's, it's, I mean, it's much more adult themed. And I mean, you would, I would not have thought of, I would not have thought a game like this would, would have any themes even closely related to this. I mean, they talk about basically like, you know, you know, put your mouth where you know where to put your mouth, and if you don't, you, uh, you know, if I'm not satisfied, then you know you will. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's that is a level of. But it's <laughs> wow. It's not done in. It, it, no, that sounded crass, but it's not done in bad taste. <laughs> it's not done in bad taste. Uh, in terms of like, it's all within reason. It's it's very. Um, it's it's. Relevant? It's, yeah, it is. Okay. And elegant, eloquent. It's, it's spoken in a way where if you were younger and playing it, you would not, I don't think you would pick up on it. Uh, if you were older, you would really, you could read between the lines and see, okay, every girl in this game is dressed like I Dream a Genie, which is a reference that no kid would get. Um, so they're yeah. all, you know, and so, but, just because they're up there on a stage dancing for people all around the stage at tables, there's just too many parallels between that and what someone might already recognize. Uh, you know, so they're either dancers, but it's heavily implied that it's a brothel. Um, and so this character is, you know, see, it just had a, um, it resonated with me that I played with that particular character first, only that this was, it grabbed me with the adult theme. Had it, I'm gonna tell your wife that a brothel resonated with you. Be right back. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, all she has to do is listen to this episode, which I will conveniently uh, forget to mention. Um, <laughs> it resonates with all the, you know, my my history there. You know, baby. Ah, That's yes. A, you know, the olden you know, days. That old that old chestnut. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, I'm. <laughs> What, what, well, what truly resonates with me is the fact that this is a throwback to RPGs, even, you know, Japanese, Western RPGs that are turn-based. Uh, so it's, it's kind of a throwback to a style of RPG that I really enjoyed, uh, with a story that seems fresh and an approach that's different than, than anything I really have played before in that genre. So I'm looking forward to playing it, but I've just started downloading it. Um, but I enjoyed the demo. What is it called again? Octopath Traveler. Hmm. Yeah. What, so, con- is it on I console think it's, or PC? It, I think it's going to come out on other consoles, but I know it's out on Switch right now. Oh, I mean, it's well. Not like it's, I know, I know. I know it's not, but see, it would be a great game while you're on the train coming back from Hogwarts. Oh my God, to, could you imagine? I have to be, you have to be careful what you like watch on trains. People will be looking over your shoulder. Oh, I know. I've gotten some weird eyes That's and i was just gangster. watching star trek <laughs> yeah you're like what yeah see they've already judged you you know yeah, yeah exactly yeah. exactly absolutely well gaming news uh now to our second section gaming news you have any news you would like to share i have just a few things that i picked up lately i do have news i put it in chat wait i have to scroll up where where is it is it that gaming system that you said was right up my alley? 
Uh, no, that was Daniel. I okay. didn't say that. Right. So the gaming news that I have is about the new Fallout game, Fallout 76, if I'm not mistaken, is the name of it. And apparently it allows for co-op, probably online co-op. It looks like a four-player squad from the trailer, but there's like a new release trailer about the functionality and it's like, you know, it's dangerous to go alone. There are like lots of enemies and stuff and you can like team up with other people, but it also showed PVP as well. So oh, okay. I'm excited because they were like shooting enemies, but also other players. So <laughs> I'm thinking that it has, uh, <laughs> sorry, my flatmate's out here and she's just, she can only hear a one sided conversation, but it's hilarious. <laughs> I'm glad she couldn't hear my half. So. <laughs> um, so the, you can team up with them. It looks like you might be able to do story missions together and also, you know, do like, you know, PVP and just normal multiplayer, like versus more multiplayer. But I'd be right. quite interested to see how that works out. I've got some initial concerns. I Such think as. one of it has to do with it looks like it has base building. So like the same town building mechanics and stuff that you had before. Right. But if you're trying to do that in a pub group, yeah. that's like, how is everyone going to coordinate what actually needs to be done it's just gonna end up like a shit show like right. i think you really need to have specific people that you're playing with i think me and my brother might play together but i think it's unlikely that i would want to have a another two people that are complete strangers trying to accomplish objectives together because people always goes aren't well, that good at sport. Yeah. yeah but i was excited to see that because a big concern was that it was gonna be like like Halo, where everybody's kind of on their own, generally speaking. You know what I mean? I was, right. I, and I wasn't super looking forward to that aspect of it. But if there's like, you know, guild, guild crews, you know, I could yeah. be down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. I, I, I'm That's my game. That. Looking forward to that. Um, well, initially, you know, one first thing, Octopath Traveler's out. So if you, uh, if you have a Switch, um, I can't. <laughs> Necessarily recommend it yet. I haven't played it through. Uh, but what I played, I enjoyed. It's out. Um, second thing I wanted to mention, uh, was with Fortnite, you know, the new season is out. Uh, they've added golf court carts. Uh, also, um, there's rumors that you're going, they're going to release trading, uh, with players. So you can actually, they're, they're discussing trading. Being able to trade with players. So you would, uh, right now they have something that I think is kind of incredible. Your ability to trade back to the, to the shop anything that you've purchased with, you know, V-Bucks. So if you need to trade it back to the game and trade in something that you don't want and for something else, you can do that already. What? Uh, yeah. So if you bought Wait, something. <laughs> Basically, yeah, you could trade stuff, you could trade skins in that you don't want back to get something else. Oh. Um, okay. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. In fact, I would like to go on record and say this may be the only game that's ever been created, to my knowledge, that has done loot box and microtransactions correctly, like 100% correctly, where you have a free-to-play game, or section of the game, because I don't think anybody plays the... Nobody really plays the the purchased portion of this game. What's the story? No one knows. But 
if if you're from in terms of like microtransactions and everything being cosmetic and the fact that it just the cosmetic portion of it is uh it doesn't affect gameplay however uh it's a way that you can express and they have this motivation through tears that you can continue to change the look of your character um but you can buy battle passes but you don't have to do any of those things and if you purchase something from these battle passes or or purchase something with V-Bucks I can trade it in for something else that I want more or that, you know, so, uh, or that, that's you know, if cool. I, I think that's I'm really going to have cool. to go through and trade it in because I get like, obviously lots of male skins unlocked right, right. and I don't want to be a dude. So, right. Completely but right now I'm playing as the Viking chick and she's hardcore. I'm totally well, down. Yeah, I've got, I, I've got like a ice reaper situation i've got my metal umbrella from victory battle royale numero uno from last season so you know what i'm saying Ro, absolutely. no i like and i i saw ragnarok which is the last one and i was a big fan of that particular character so um so anyway i thought that was i thought that they may have actually figured out i don't know how viable that is for everybody but epic is obviously doing so good that i mean they even went back and are retroactively paying people money I don't know. Did you hear this about their shop where they have, they have basically a shop of assets that game designers and developers can use to create their games. So I don't know if it's just from the Unreal Engine or whatever, but they're able to do that. Well, they basically went back and changed the, the, um, the proportions that basic, that, that you would get if you were a, a, you know, someone who was using their assets for a game. Say before it was 80-20. So you get 80% of it, they get 20% of it. You know, of whatever the cut is, because you're using their assets. They changed it now to 88-12. And went back and retroactively paid everybody that's using their assets for that 8%. So if it's been over the last three years. Uh, and so anybody that's, that's been really using good. it over the last three, yeah, I mean, that, that just, that's great. That builds tremendous faith in your company and, and, or good faith. And, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And, and I think that they're doing the right thing here with, with their microtransactions. So I hope that other companies, you know, take note of this and maybe, uh, you know, if, if Overwatch did this, uh, you know, or where you could trade them in and, and not like, not like at the, at the auction house or to an NPC where you trade in an armor item for, you know, 25% of what it's worth, but actually get, you know, a, a, a justifiable amount of whatever the game's currency is so that I can use that to, to pay for, uh, you know, something else that I actually do want. Um, since you're getting it from a loot box, I mean, you don't, it's randomly generated. You don't get to predict what you're going to get, but I could trade it in for a legitimate sum. And so if they could do something like that, I think that would, enhance the experience with overwatch which is a tremendous segue to the last bit of news i have about overwatch um which uh which is overwatch league is actually coming to espn um so for you know we had an episode on esports and how it's continuing to grow well um i think this is an indication of just how big it is and how big it's going to be there were shows, and I don't know if it's still airing on Nickelodeon, but it was at night. It was on the weekends where they were showing, um, they were showing episodes of of Overwatch or, or or just streaming Overwatch, and I think it was just showing episodes of Overwatch League. 
And it would come on at about 10 o'clock at night. And, and so it was later than most of their content that's geared strictly to kids. Uh, but I thought it was impressive. I watched it and I was like, well, you know, I actually probably would, especially with content these days on television, I'd probably return to this and check it out just to see what's going on. I like the game. I'm just no good at it. Um, and uh, I thought that was interesting. But with it coming to ESPN, which is the premier sports network in the world, I think that that's validating somewhat just how big this sport has gotten, uh, or esports in general, and and uh, just a tribute to how good of a game Overwatch is. If that's the one they're going to use as their, you know, I guess their flagship, and that's probably because it's based more in America, um, right? And, you know, with StarCraft and StarCraft Two being bigger and stronger over in Asia. Um, it, it may not be as marketable here, um, but there's, you know, obviously there's enough. And with with college scholarships being offered for eSports and eSports, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're even, in fact, I know this for, I know for a fact they're considering it for the Olympics. Yeah, I heard that. So, uh, you know. Maybe I, I heard that from you. You may have heard that from me. Let's pretend like you didn't, and it was definitely something uh, that was legitimate in terms of sources. Uh, but uh, well, I, I I have news that's legitimate. Okay, let's let's hear. It. Actually, piggyback on on last week. So today it was announced after a three year investigation that Google is getting sued for billions of Uh-oh. euros with a B uh, yeah. for antitrust, and they have ninety days, I think, if they want to avoid the fine to change their um their data processing standards, which made it impossible for um, other um, operators to compete. And uh, it throws a bit of shade at the possibility of them releasing a game console, because if they have to go more open source with their hardware and stuff Uh, than they have previously, then I doubt that they would want to release a console if it's not, Owned IP. Proprietary. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's new. It's the largest fine that has ever been issued against. to my knowledge. <laughs> and, and you said they can avoid it just by. Yeah. They have 90 days to comply and they don't have to pay it. But if you think of how big Google is, yeah. like it may not actually be possible. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, they won't have to pay it because they'll just do this and this and this. Now, trust me, like GDPR regulations, which is the new data control regulations, have been had been announced last year. No, even earlier than that. And there are still companies that are failing to comply properly with those regulations. And they actually require a lot less effort, I would imagine, to comply with than, you know, whatever changes to every android platform on every possible device i mean it's based on android so it's their operating system which you know controls this phone controls every chromebook control you know what i mean like it's massive undertaking yeah 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 wow okay well well stay tuned last episode we talked about you know the potential for a google console uh, and this week we are 
potentially uh, refuting that with their inability to continue business practices at all as Google goes out of business. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they'll go out of business, but I just think that if it's not proprietary, why would they want to do it? If they're having to make their platform more com- competition friendly, like that's that goes against everything that PlayStation and Xbox do right now. So, right. you know. Like well, the PlayStation Network's not open source, you know. Right, and and I wonder what, in your opinion, since you're over there, how how do you see this working? I mean, is that is it is it fair? Is it legitimate? I mean, did they deserve this level of scrutiny? Well, Google? it was a three year investigation, so I can only Obviously, imagine it's thorough. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, if you've taken three years to look into it and come to the decision that several billion euros needs to be charged, then yeah. it must have been pretty serious. Like the details are kind of beyond the realm of my own understanding because right. I'm not a backend developer. Um, right. yeah. But you know, I, I would say that according, according to the news sources, they had something in the Android systems base code that prevented competition. I don't know what it is, right. but you know, it made other other things not perform properly. So, you know, okay. it, it could be pretty hard to roll back. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Um, we'll stay. We'll definitely be keeping the eyes out for that. Um, well, very nice. Well, that segues nicely, uh, and by nicely, I mean absolutely disconnected to our last segment. Um, which I would like to talk about our, our main topic today, which is adult content and gaming. So more brothels is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I gave you a list of how many topics and you picked that one out. Yeah. Well, it was the it. one I was like, Hey, I think I can talk about that one. I don't know what that <laughs> says about me. I just, I had some interesting. No, that's, that's, that's saying a lot. I have a take on it. I don't know if it's interesting. All right, well, uh, shoot then. Okay. What's your take? Well, just, I guess, so my preliminary, my hot take, uh, so we can go around the room, back and forth, is it depends. All right, so what about you? What do you think? Wow. I'm just good. joking. <laughs> you define the question you're asking first. Exactly. So what what do we mean by adult content? And I think that's really uh, how you would, I mean, that's what answers this question for me. Uh, adult Adult content, uh, to me, can range from anything from nudity uh, and sexual situations to, um, you know, mature language and themes. So something that would be geared more towards someone in an R-rated movie. Um, and I would say that would probably be the broadest way, but the best way to define what I mean by adult content. And I would say that... Absolutely, there is a place for it in games. Uh, but as, a, and as an aside, I would say that absolutely it has been abused and exploited in games as well. Um, where it's, it, it has been used, uh, you know, to, I mean, it, just for lack of a better, it's been used as a mechanic to sell games, you know. Um, and I, there, there's a place for that and there will always be games like that. To me, I, think that calling them a game is is loose at best so 
What, um, Laser Suit Larry isn't Laser a Suit Larry. game? That, you that was a game, but from? I think that was... Oh, yeah, that's a game where I think you, the whole point of it is is just to try to hook up. Um, yes, that yeah. is the whole point. Okay, never played it. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I bet you really haven't. No, it. Oh, my God. I haven't. Now that's not to say that I haven't looked for it or tried to play it at some point <laughs> in my young adult life. Uh, you know, maybe because that game that game is about twenty years old, or maybe older than that. Uh, the first Leisure Suit Larry, because they're like point and click adventures, I think. Uh, at least the first ones were. And so those were games that I actually really liked. I liked the Indiana Jones game and. Broken Sword. Broken Sword was one of my games that defines me. Um, and that's a, you know, a point and click adventure game. And so this was as well. It's, it's not hard to tell though what that particular game is about if you just look at the box art. So, <laughs> and read the themes in the back. Yeah, you know what it's about. Um, so yeah, never have actually played that game, but I don't think that's the most tasteless example of, of games in this genre. I think that there are many games that are much worse. Uh, so with Leisure Suit Larry being a, a bad example, but not the worst example, do you know of any other games? Are there any other games on your radar that you know of that are that have used this? Like Custer's Revenge is one that's always brought up. Uh, the oh yeah, you know the eight bit or worse pixelated oh it's just that i mean that's terrible that one is just really terrible not a game uh but anything else any other games that you that that you are aware of that have these themes that maybe are a little more controversial grand theft auto hot coffee okay hot coffee that was because obviously that's something that was in the game yeah but they left it in there because they could benefit from the pr of it existing absolutely yeah that's negative pr that's and anyone that's ever seen it, it's also mild. It's it's it's, it's not as bad, quite as bad as as Custer's Revenge, because the idea that you have a Native American strapped to a cactus and you have Custer there um, is is just there's no justification for it. You're like such a dad. I know. <laughs> There's no justification for it. Well, in case anybody that is, <laughs> I don't ever want these words to come back and haunt me. Um, oh, fair enough. The the uh, you know, but in, in hot copy, it's so un it's so unrealistic, unrealistically um, depicted. You know, it's not like you're watching a movie. You know, the graphics were not capable of showing anything resembling realism. Um, All right, fine. The Witcher. Now the no, you know what? Here's one that's that's probably even more exploitive, because The Witcher, The Witcher, yeah. What about God of War? God of War was that's I mean that was that's basically. Oh right, The Witcher's graphics are better, and oh, I know. there's more. I know, it. and that is that's characteristic of him in the book, isn't it? I haven't read the books. Yeah, Why I, do I need the books when I, I can exactly. watch? When I can watch it. Um, <laughs> Now, now in God of War, it's basically you get energy and other power-ups from doing it. Um, no pun intended. The, if you, in, in, in The Witcher, how, how does it fit as a mechanic or in gameplay? How does it fit? Because we've seen it in other games. We've seen adult content like this, especially like the physical part, portion of relationships. You've seen it in Mass Effect. 
and it was a big controversy. It was on CNN. Everybody was talking about, oh my gosh, you know, there's sexual situations in this game where basically you could have a relationship. Well, Shepard could have a relationship with anybody on the ship. It's kind of like Captain Kirk. Male or female didn't matter. You could have a relationship. And depending on how you did it, you might be able to have a relationship with more than one person on the ship. Um, and the, and the relationship didn't translate to the next game either. So, Hey man, you could just start over. So, uh, and, but in the Witcher, how does it fit into gameplay and into the story? So what you were saying is like in Mass Effect, the relationship didn't translate into any end game changes, but in the Witcher, it does. Right. And that's what I was saying. We're asking, how does, how does it fit into the gameplay? How does it fit into the narrative? Have you not beat the game? Oh, I'm, I'm still on the Griffin. I beat the Griffin. I haven't gotten past that. Oh my god, no, that's the first thing. Okay, right. I'm, how can I say this without doing spoilers? Just, right. Yeah, okay. I got this. Okay, yeah. so there, there are two leading ladies in the game besides your daughter, who is not an option for this sort of conquest. Thankfully. Good, good yeah? to know. Good to know. Although I didn't know she was my daughter, so I was going to try. But then I figured it out and I was like, yikes. Yikes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, they, you have the option to choose between them early on. Or you can avoid making that decision and just see how that works out for you. Okay. But it definitely changes the story. Okay. A lot. Okay, wow. Okay. There are also brothels. It, you, if you're trying to do, like, the Gwent missions, you, like, if you go into the brothels, you can sometimes, like, get inside information that you can buy lots of things there. Many things. Many things. All the Variety. things. Yeah. Spice of it's life. Great. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you really missed a trick if you haven't played. But it's, like, it's mature-themed. Well, Very that's, that's the thing is that that's a game. A lot of games I can play with the kids going back and forth or walking by the room. That is a game that I cannot play with the kids <laughs> no. by, back and forth. You know, um, there are other games I played. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, like I said, so there are games where I feel like it, it is it makes sense. It's put into the story. That seems to be a way where they fit it into the narrative in a way that those decisions seem to have an effect. What it does in Mass Effect is it, it basically unlocks side missions, you know, or or your side missions unlock the ability to continue to pursue a relationship with them. Uh, Bioware did this in the uh, Star Wars The Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic where you had dialogue choices. Uh, even in the MMO, you have dialogue choices with people in your crew as you... Uh, as you do missions with these individuals in your party, it unlocks other dialogue choices. As you continue to use those dialogue choices, it unlocks side missions, and those side missions lead to potential romantic connections or whatever. Um, it's not very organic in the Old Republic MMO in that I have to find, or at least I haven't played it in a while, uh, but before you could find gifts, and you could give gifts to your characters, and the gifts were... Oh, yeah. You know, they fit. What what are the what are they like? What are they interested in? And then you had to find same gifts. thing with Dragon Age. Yeah, Dragon Age, same thing. Yeah, and 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 so that's how you improve your reputation or your relationship with them, and then eventually you'll get to where you 
it unlocks a dialogue choice and they tell you kind of how they feel and then you can respond. And that kind of feels, it's kind of organic. It's not as organic as, as other games. I think um, Mass Effect did a better job of making that feel more earned to me. Uh, but again, I didn't play Dragon Age, so I don't know. Oh, Dragon Age is the best. Well, I, I played the best. I played Dragon Age Inquis- Inquisition until I got to again. I got to another point where I just got my ass handed to me by a wizard that I accidentally tracked down. You know, it's one of those battles in in uh, Dragon Age where you go into you know go into a room, you're pursuing somebody. Uh, there's a dialogue tree where I go in and I'm talking to somebody and I find out that that's actually the person I was searching for. And then all of a sudden they turn into like this giant monster and the monster, mm. you know, destroys me immediately. Um, and so it was Dragon like, Age Inquisition has one of the best like romances available because the Inquisitor and Iron Bull is hilarious. Is it? <laughs> hilarious. Hilarious. Okay. Like exactly everything you could possibly imagine about being a humanoid with a giant bull human. Okay. Very hilarious. Sounds so weird and appropriate okay. for this show. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So, so we've listed a, we've listed a few games. So, where? Tell me some games uh, in your opinion that have done this correctly. Some games that maybe we haven't listed yet because we know we've we've said The Witcher's done it correctly. Uh, Dragon Age uh, has at least memorable relationships in it. Mass Effect, I think, did it okay. What are some other games that you've played where, where, uh, and it doesn't have to just be the relationship mechanic, other adult themes where you feel like it's been done well? Um, I would say Grand Theft Auto, the torture oh, yeah. sequence, really yeah. messed up my head. Like, that, they got their point across. Right. I felt like an absolute jerkhead. So, nice. okay. you know, that's yeah. an adult thing that kids probably shouldn't play because, like, you need to understand the implication right. of what you're doing. And also, it's very upsetting. So, I would say um, the the Walking Dead, the oh, yeah. I Love You Brother, Oh that yeah. was fucking rough. That yeah. was rough right there. Um, that was in the most recent one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was serious. Um, I would say the, to a lesser extent, the Game of Thrones one, um, with Ramsey was also hard to handle at points. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially the, like the flayed man part of it, I found difficult, but good. Like the, one of the better parts about a generally bad game was Mm -hmm. the way they handled the source material. Yeah, yeah. Agreed that that was a generally bad game. Yeah, it was a generally bad game, but some, you know, sometimes they did some get, parts were, yeah. get it across. Some parts were done well. Um, let me think. Mm, uh, I would say all of Bayonetta, if you're an adult, it's fun because you know the context. Of right, the right. fact that she's essentially a stripper witch wearing hair. I mean, that <laughs> Just makes wearing it... Hair. The whole game is preposterous. A you know stripper, what I mean? A stripper witch wearing hair. That is yeah. uh, the best explanation of that game in a nutshell in one sentence I've ever heard. Yeah, well, that's what she is. I know, yeah. 
and it's fine. Um, I'm trying to think of other games. I that's all the ones that like really come to mind. I would say some of the add-on packs for Sims. You know, right. mods and in, in right. like mods and stuff in other games can be entertaining, although they're generally not for children. Right. I I I I think that um, I think that's a good list. Um, some that I would add to it. If you go into like the creepy pastas and the and the actual the lore of World of Warcraft, and you dig really really deep into like some of the areas, you'll find places of uh, where characters are are partaking in cannibalism. You'll uh, there's a there's a couple you know Portal has that whole uh, the idea that Glados. Uh, and, and the torture, and, and maybe even above and beyond that, uh, that you can hear screams in the background. And again, in WoW, you you hear if you listen in Lordaeron, you can hear, uh, you know, you can actually hear the conversation of Arthas and his father when Arthas goes and to and murders his father. You can hear it in the background. You have to turn the sound way up, but you can hear it, and you can also hear when you fight Thaddeus. A woman screaming for help, um, as if you have people who are being tortured and their bodies are being torn apart and sewn back together in random monstrosities. Um, that is, uh, disturbing if, if you're not just, you know, rubbing your face on your keyboard and actually paying attention to what's going on in the story. It's, there's some stuff there that's pretty heavy. Um, there, uh, you know, in, in, uh, yeah, well, you mentioned. Oh, man, now I'm trying to think. Well, uh, life is strange. Uh, yeah, you know, has has some has some really heavy themes of you know maybe sexual assault, uh, stalking, um, you know, uh, things that you know that you don't typically think about as as maybe even uh, themes in a game that would be marketable but i think to me games like that and that have these adult themes a lot of them can say a really good message they can really teach uh because they're they're using a medium that you don't generally think even though i i feel like they do it all the time you don't generally think as a as a tool you know maybe for learning or something like that uh that may have a message that is you know greater than just uh, you know, the sum of its parts that maybe when it's done, it says something about society or it says something about culture. Um, heavy rain has, uh, you know, rape themes. It talks about, uh, you know, I mean, there's child abduction, uh, and, and, um, you know, and, and having a father, maybe the worst father in gaming history who loses a son who, who is gone. I mean, it's not funny. But I mean, he literally turns around, hands him a balloon, turns around and turns back around. He's gone. And then you mm. can't find him with this red balloon. And I, you know, and then after that, what was that? What, heavy what rain. Was that one where you're like, no, 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 where you're like in the, you come home and the family is not home and you're just going through their stuff and there's literally nobody oh, else gone in home. the story. Yeah, gone home. Yeah, that one, that similar sort of yeah. thing with 
um, like being an outcast and sexuality and all right. that sort of stuff. Which is, again, an adult theme and not one that you may typically think of when you mention or say adult themes, but one that where people are, you know, yeah, wrestling with something and, and it has a powerful, meaningful story. Uh, PT uh, just was it was just a demo. It was a horror game, but it was a demo. And part of the the story was about a guy who ends up killing his wife and unborn child. And uh, there's abortion themes in there. Um, there was, uh, you know, in, in, in just that game. <clears throat> uh, you know, so I, I feel like it's it's done. I feel like it's done all the time uh, in a way that that uh, can teach a teach a lesson. So I feel like it's actually it may not be necessary in every game because I know it's not necessary, but I feel like it is uh, a an, a theme that can be used by developers to help raise gaming to new heights. It, I think this is one of the th- one of the things that helps make games art, in my opinion. Yeah, is the ability to uh, to tell stories that have these adult themes and can, uh, you know, and maybe express or expose people to to maybe a different way of thinking or just maybe even an issue that that they were never exposed to. Oh, yeah. Wolfenstein. That's what I was going to say. Okay, Wolfenstein, too. Yeah. With the with the what it would be like if Nazis. Oh, absolutely. Had one. Things are how that entire culture changed, and it's crazy. I mean, there were some really hard parts in that game. You know, really uh, difficult things to even listen to. You know, as you would say, how could people be that way, or how could people really uh, speak that way or feel that way? And and they did, uh, which, or at least in the game, they did, and they're basing that off of history. So, um, you know, and we could go on and on. A uh, braid. Is it Braid or is it, um, oh, what's the one where you basically are chasing, uh, you're chasing a princess? Oh, you can let me know in the comments. Mario? No, well, yeah, it's, it's like every game. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll mention it, maybe I'll, I'll write it up and say something about it. But, I mean, there are a lot of these, these, uh, smaller independent games now that are coming out too that have a deeper meaning and you play it on the surface. It seems to be just a, a game, but when you dig down into it and you see what the lore is, um, uh, you know where the game, what it was based off of, uh, then you, you know, you see that some of these, some of these games actually have a lot more to say, you know, than just what's on the surface. So, <clears throat> so final thoughts. What are your thoughts on adult uh, themes in game and uh, adult content in gaming and, and uh, like pros and cons? Well, I I think that it's like totally fine if it's consumed by people who are of course fully developed and have the mental faculties to consume it. Um, I think when there's a lot of adult games and not very good like control over distribution and stuff, that's where it can get dangerous. Right. Or if themes from adult games are allowed to seep into seemingly innocuous games, there's um, there was a recent suicide that uh, over here in the EU that was linked to a game, I think called maybe Mirror Mirror, but I might be mistaken. But it's one of those like mobile games where right. you like get a Japanese girlfriend or something like that. 
I'm not explaining it very well, but essentially it, it involved push messaging on yeah. your mobile app to like keep you playing and like isolate you and get you to become psychologically so it's attached a game that's... to the characters. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously there was like a younger teen who was probably already slightly disturbed anyway, but because the game was allowed to be sold to him and he wasn't well adjusted, right. it contributed to right. his suicide. Which, which it, I think... I'm, it, it wasn't the cause, I'm sure, but, you Absolutely. know, it's and, just and one I of those things that you're already disturbed. Yeah, it's important yeah. to note. It's like like anything else. I mean, it. I, it's a touchy subject, you know, when you talk about games causing uh, violence and, you know, with no physical evidence and no, no evidence to suggest that they cause it. And that's such a difficult thing to to discuss because many people aren't even open to the discussion. And, and uh, you know, but I think that any intelligent individual who would look at all the information could say if you if you if you're not adjusted as you said and if you if you're not completely mature and and mentally and physically capable of consuming that kind of content then i think it can have an effect mentally does it cause any of these things absolutely not uh does it potentially contribute uh, that's relative you know if to say yes could mean it contributes a teeny tiny bit or it contributes more than a teeny tiny bit. Uh, it doesn't mean that it contributes, or, you know, you know, that's no one says that's 50% of the issue or even 49%. It's, it's just saying that it could have, uh, you know, a, a potential effect. And, um, I, I realize that a lot of people would look at that or hear that and say, well, that's kind of a cop out answer. You're not really taking a stand or, or saying it one way or the other. And to me, that's because you can't. It's too complicated. Yeah. It's just too complicated of a, of a topic. But I, I will, I would say, and I would stand fast on this, that, that that kind of content with someone who's not, uh, you know, that, that isn't mentally and physically capable of consuming that content and, and staying in sound mind shouldn't, uh, and unfortunately shouldn't consume it. And unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is, is geared towards. It's, it's, it's created and marketed towards people who might be mentally fragile or, uh, you know, or susceptible to, you know, uh, to whatever tendencies that, you know, we as humans are idiots as teenagers and you might, mm-hmm. you know, be, might be much more susceptible, uh, to influence that way. And so that's why I think it is important that you do kind of, you know, put a, uh, put some sort of wall or, or check between people who are, uh, you know, who are younger uh, and prevent them from really not prevent them from consuming it ever, but just not at, at that particular time. Give them an opportunity to develop, have some experience in life and be able to look at something objectively, uh, you know. and Yeah. And be able to separate fantasy from reality. You absolutely. Know, I think yeah. if, if I had read Fifty Shades of Grey when I was 15, I'd probably have a really different idea uh, what about what a is? healthy relationship looks like. It's yeah. not that. That is, that's not it. Yeah. No. no. You know, yeah. Ooh, that's a whole different topic. Um, that book it's is still a whole an adult topic. theme. I'm making a point. No, it's, it's <laughs> completely related though. Yeah, absolutely. 
And it's, you know, it's another medium that is used and has adult topics and adult content. And is, is, there is no, there is no check for the most part on books. You can go buy any book you want to as a kid. You know, as long as it doesn't have graphic pictures. As far as I understand, doesn't matter how old you are if you want to go buy a book of words. Not a book of pictures, <laughs> but a book of words. I know that maybe. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Foreign topic for many people. Yeah, so it, no matter what the top content is in that book, whether it's Mein Kampf or whether it's, you know, or, you know, it's, it's a choose your own adventure book, uh, or a, 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 a word version of the Kama Sutra, which I don't know if that's even possible to have without the pictures. I don't know. Um, but I oh, guess you could describe maybe. it. I'm sure you could write it out. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine what you'd imagine in your mind without any pictures, context? picture references? Yeah. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you just imagine. No, I can't. Couldn't think of people's ears. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're, they're like they eventually get to the end of the book and they're like, you know what? We can't even write this out. Here's a picture. You know, we're not even. <laughs> Here's a picture. Uh, so uh, anyway. Well, anyway, oh, that yeah. was interesting. <laughs> it was. It took a, we took a turn, but I think that's. Uh, I think that's probably a good place to wrap it up. So I do feel like. I do feel like it has a place. I feel like it, it will continue to help advance storytelling. I think there are all kinds of adult topics that still have yet to be touched on uh, and, and, and presented maybe in game form. But I look forward. I, I do enjoy uh, many of the games that have had these topics because, it, to me, it, it adds a level of emotional depth uh, that, that, again, like I said, help make games uh, you know, a form of art. So, I agree. I concur. Well, that wraps up this episode of Retro Rebel Gamecast. I want to thank Amanda for this week's discussion, adult discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, templeofgeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion or just reach out with questions, sound off in the comments or email us at retrorebel at templeofgeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and please subscribe. So you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us, because that really helps our show. Until the next time. See you later.